This is Lightning Playoff Rewind. You don't want to be chasing the game, and obviously there is a, a mental effect on the first goal. Also, we all know it. So, but like I said, it's not specially about that goal. It's about the way we came out. You know, that goal came out. Obviously, it's a sick play from Cooch to to Stammer and everything. Who drops center point? Stamp goes. Score! What a bomb from Stamp goes up high over Campbell Stick. One minute in, the Lightning lead one nothing. But the way. Their line came out like the Ross line. I mean, that kind of care that that carried us into that momentum, right? And then the goals happened. Find its way to Corey Perry, right circle. A pass, pinballs right in front. Belmar scores. Belmar, and it's two nothing Lightning. Right side, Peters a two on one Maroon across the line, right circle holds, cuts in front, score. Maroon three nothing Lightning. With 12.02 left in the first! But it could have been any line out there with the way they started that could have just followed it up and get those goals. To break it all down, here's Bobby Fenton on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. All right, and a happy Monday morning here on Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind. Bobby Fenton with you, coming to you from Emily Arena, just feet away from the ice sheet where last night the Tampa Bay Lightning with another Big win in this series coming off of a loss. They beat the Leafs 7-3, to and they are now tied up in the series 2-2 as they get set now for Game 5, which will be tomorrow night at 7.30, and that'll be, you know, don't want to say, I mean, we'll go through all the numbers like we always do, but a pivotal one. And this was a pivotal one last night, too, because this series could have been 3-1, but the Lightning responded the way they have so many times in recent history, and... I mean, I don't say it's a weird series. This is how series go. I mean, you win one, you lose one. It's a tough series, very evenly matched teams. It's 2-2. It seems perfectly normal to me, but it is a little odd the way not just that they've alternated wins, which is totally normal for a series, but it's almost like no matter how well one team plays in one game, then, you know, I think someone on Twitter uh, said it's like they dropped the Uno reverse card. Remember that reverse card in Uno where you'd, you'd drop like a draw four or something like that, and then it was still your turn, and then bam, you'd hit him with the reverse card and it'd go right. I mean, it just keeps going back and forth. And it's not just that the teams have alternated wins and losses. It's that all four games in this series, someone has kicked someone else's you-know-what. Like the winning team has looked really good. And the losing team has looked really bad, leaving their fan base shaking their heads, asking all these questions. You know, it's not like, oh, hey, tight one, we lost 3-2, puck luck, bounce here, bounce there. No, like one team has come out from the get-go in all four games and absolutely taken over. And, I mean, last night was what? Three goals in the first 758. That's a lightning playoff record. They've had uh, three goals in the first 1046 before in game one against the Islanders back in the bubble in 2020 which I think they won that game like 8 nothing or something or whatever it was. Anyway, you know, that was – last night was even quicker. I mean, before you got the popcorn bag open, you're sitting down. Stamkos is ripping the shot from the high point like you heard there in the intro with Dave Michigan on the call, who I had a chance to introduce my son to last night. It was really cool for my son to meet Dave. and um, He was really gracious between periods. Love Dave Michigan. And then you heard uh, – or you will hear their clips too, but then – you know, Lightning get out to the three-goal lead early on. And I got to say, not that I'm complaining at all, okay, got a little bored. I was like, oh, it's fi- it was 5 nothing before the halfway point of the game. Like, before the 10-minute mark of the second period, it was 5 nothing. And I will never complain. I'm not complaining. 
But I was kind of getting geeked up. You know, this is going to be intense, man. Oh, my gosh, the Lightning have to win this game. This is going to be awesome. Can't wait to see what happens. And then <laughs> before the halfway mark of the game, you're like, okay, this is kind of like uh, just playing out the string, which is fine. And the Lightning went on to get a couple of empty net goals. Toronto did get a few goals there late to give him reason to pull the goaltender, although it was a, a three-goal lead at the time. And anyway, 7-3 is your final. So it's the first – or um, it's the fifth series since 1996, which happens to be the first year the Lightning ever made the playoffs. But the fifth series since 1996 where at least one of the teams scored five or more goals in each of the first four games. So it ain't your dad's playoff hockey or your granddad's playoff hockey. There's penalties all over the place. There's goals all over the place. It's footloose and fancy free. And it's great. I'm enjoying watching the series. You know, We're due for a close game, though. Maybe game five will be that game. But either way, uh, very encouraging to see the effort. And so now we go to game five, and this is like being a dead horse. But listen, nobody knows. Everybody knows, okay, we got to come out with that same intensity we came out the other night. Same thing with Toronto. They're saying, oh, we got to respond. No, until they get out there, even the guys themselves, even the players couldn't tell you, oh, we're going to come out with this or that. Nobody knows how you come out. You don't decide how you come out. You know, you just come out and play. And, oh, man, this is going better than I thought. Or, uh-oh, this isn't going well. It ain't like they're trying to not do well or do better. I mean, they're just, you know, we don't know. Nobody knows. But it's been weird. And watching the series from Toronto's perspective, like I was on Twitter a couple times, last night and then this morning reading some of the Toronto accounts and you know they're they're saying the same stuff we're saying like there's and there's a ton of Toronto hockey fans on Twitter not just on the fans I'm talking about even media members who are kind of Toronto centric many more than any other team and like for example down goes Brown on Twitter he's a a hockey writer uh with the athletic now he's great love him I mean he's really good his name's Sean McIndo his real name and uh he's written books and he does some stuff but he covers things kind of from a Leafs perspective and he was tweeting last night, and this is before the game, okay? He says, and I'm reading his tweets because, one, he's got good insight, and two, he's kind of representative of the Toronto fan base. I'm feeling pretty good about how the Leafs have played so far, and I don't hate their chances of winning the series, but is anyone else getting that one-road blowout where everything goes wrong vibe heading into tonight? And that's it. The, the road blowout part happened. I'm not saying that's where everything goes wrong. Later on after the game, he tweets, see, I didn't want to be right, but a few decades of watching this sport teaches you a few things. He says, the good news for Toronto, it's a best of three. They have home ice, and while they apparently can't beat the Lightning twice in a row, they don't have to to win the series. Lightning do need to beat Toronto twice in a row at some point. It could be tomorrow. He continues, still a great shot at winning this. Good chance game five is the series. And, yeah, I mean, we've seen it happen before. The Lightning have two notable examples in their history or that wasn't the, actually actually three if I'm not mistaken. 2004 Stanley Cup Final, Game Five was at home. They lost in overtime. Oleg Saprikin, I remember. I remember it clear as day. Uh, scored the overtime winner for Calgary. They poured onto the ice. I remember that sinking, awful feeling in my gut. I was like, oh god, because they had to go to Calgary to win Game Six, and they, if they come back, they get Game Seven. And then of course we all remember Marty St. Louis in double overtime in Calgary with the cup in the building right there ready to go and they shut the case after Marty scored flew it back to Tampa game seven the rest is history I remember the Penguin series which was uh, game five in Pittsburgh and the Lightning won it in overtime and had a chance to close out the series that was the Jonathan Drew in game six uh, the disallowed offside goal the first goal of the game 
didn't get that goal. Pens won game six. They go back to Pittsburgh. Penguins won game seven. So, you know, everybody loves to say, oh, this is it. This is it. Tomorrow night is not it. You know, the Lightning could win and then lose a couple, and they could beat the Leafs tomorrow and then lose a couple. So, I mean, you, you it's not – but, yeah, it's pretty pivotal. And it, historically – it is a 2-2 series. Game 5 winners win over 75% of the time for the series. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean it's the only chance they have, but it's a pivotal one. But you can see the Toronto fans, like the wheels are spinning. Another one here, um, he says, tweeted this after he's referring to a tweet where he talked about how well the Leafs played uh, in the game before. He says, after game one, at least while the Leafs lost game two, they started on time and looked ready to compete. But after a strong game three, we get this, referring to last night's opening few minutes for the Maple Leafs. Sheldon Keefe really needs to figure out why this keeps happening, he says. So, yeah, you know, I can't speak for the players and the coaches. They're the only ones that matter. But they're starting to have doubt creep in over on their side where it's like, oh, man, how you know. Here we go again. This They've had this happen before. It doesn't mean it's going to happen now. In fact, I'm still very concerned about the Lightning in this series, but it was good to get the win last night. But, you know, based on the baggage they're carrying psychologically, and again, maybe it doesn't bother the players, maybe they're thinking about it. Here's a few more numbers. This is in the Austin Matthews era, basically, since Matthews joined the Leafs, since they've been, you know, this current iteration of the team. Here are their playoff win-loss records in different situations, Okay. When they trail in the series, Leafs are 7-3 and three in any playoff game that they're trailing in the series. When a series is even, they are 7-10. and 10. When they lead a series, they're 1-8. and eight. You know, They've blown some series leads in these past few years, and he says that a lot of those eight losses were awful, like tonight, not hard to see a pattern. Even the Tampa Bay Times is getting on the act. They've, they've, and this isn't the Toronto media, but they had a headline – let me find it here. The ghosts of postseason's past are circling around Toronto now that they have blown two leads in the first four games against the Lightning. They mean two series leads. one nothing, and then 2-1. I, wouldn't, I don't call losing a game after you're up one nothing blowing a series lead. I mean, you, you know, you don't you – know, <laughs> like if you blow a, th- a two-game lead, okay. You blow a 2 nothing lead, a 3-1 series lead, that's fine. You don't blow a 2-1 series lead. I mean, you, sometimes the other team wins games. So, again, like I said before – it all seems perfectly normal to me, but these things are so psychological, and if you like, just take a step back and kind of clear out all the crud in your head about playoffs and about all that stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, well, we've won two of our last three. We've lost two of our last three. In the regular season, nobody thinks twice. But, you know, in the playoffs, it's like, oh, my God, we didn't capitalize. So they go at it again tomorrow, and – I don't know, man. It's getting st- – it, 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 I love it. I love it. It's fun, okay? But even those first couple games of the series, you're not totally on edge. You're like, okay, you know, it's no big deal. I mean, we want to win, but you can come back from 1-0 or if it's 2-1. But now it's 2-2. Like tomorrow night, is, it's – you know, rubber's going to start hitting the road. And for the Lightning, you know, we're past the point of what I mentioned earlier in the series where I talked about how this meant so much – more to Toronto. I was worried that this meant more to Toronto that the Lightning were tired, that they've got the you know combination of physically, literally being tired, and maybe a little bit less urgency having been there and done that and won two in a row. 
Meanwhile, Toronto's the team that this means the world to. It's you know, is it their time? Blah blah blah. We're past all that now. We got that, all that out of the way. It doesn't feel that way now. It just feels like a, a playoff series between two really good teams that's tied two-two. And you know, looking at last night's effort by the Lightning overall, obviously all the scoring was a big deal, but you can't discount also what they did defensively. And we'll get into all the numbers and the expected goals and all that stuff in a little bit. But first of all, Austin Matthews, you know. They really did it, not just Matthews, but the top line in general. They've done a really good job with Toronto's top line, especially last night. Matthews has seen five-plus minutes of Victor Hedman, like when they've both been on the ice, and this is last night. Shots 10-1 in the Lightning's favor in that time, okay? And that's not specifically Hedman and Matthews, but when Hedman and Matthews were both on the ice at the same time, shots 10-1 in the Lightning's favor. Uh, the most he saw, Matthews, uh, was Kalorn and Point at 5-on-5. Five five. Those two players were on the ice the most against Matthews. And in the six-plus minutes that that was the case, shot attempts were 9-1 in the Lightning's favor. So some really good stuff going on there. I mean, the Lightning, you know, they, but can they keep it going tomorrow is the big question. If you want to get a hold of the show, if you want to email me, if you want to get your thoughts, comments, cushion, discussion on the show, well, I'd love to hear from you guys this morning. We are live till 10 a.m. My email address is bobbygameday at yahoo.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-G-A-M-E-D-A-Y, bobbygameday at yahoo.com. And on Twitter, you can get me at bobbygameday, the same thing. So if you want to chime in, I will, I've, uh, of course, always give you guys a chance to do that if it's uh, while we're live between now and 10 a.m. Had a chance to go to the game last night as a fan. All right, so let me tell you what happened because, you know, sometimes I'm up in the press box watching, sometimes I'm at home watching. Last night, and it's Mother's Day, okay? I mean, you all know that. We're sitting at the house Sunday afternoon, you know, spending time with mom, all that good stuff. And then we get a text from a friend of my wife, like a work thing. Hey, two tickets tonight. If, uh, you know, I can't use them, you guys want to use them. Tough calculus there, okay? It sounds great, right? You got two but I got four people in my family. One's a seven-year-old girl who can't be up that late. One's a 10-year-old boy who this means the world to, but also probably shouldn't be up that late. And then you got me and my wife who would love to go to a hockey game together. Do we break this to the kids? Hey, uh, we're changing all of our plans today, calling a babysitter, and we're hauling ass in a little while and going to the game. Tough sell. Or do we maybe me and the son go, my son, or maybe my wife and my son go? Tough sell to my daughter. She's old enough to want to do this type of stuff, even though she's not, like, following hockey closely. My son is at 10. So we decide eventually it's not worth the trouble of getting a babysitter and doing all that stuff, so my wife will stay home. Happy Mother's Day. You put my daughter to bed. I'm, we're going to leave and go to the hockey game. Is that cool? Cool. All right, so that's what we decided on, and me and my son went to the game. And we you know, here's a cool thing about – this arena and this location and, you know, downtown arenas, it'd be a little tougher. You know, there's not a big giant parking lot surrounding the arena, which you don't want there to be because it's not, it's not cool when they have that. But it can be a little tough getting in and out. It's really not – I mean, they, they do a great job here, Amelie Arena. You get the one parking garage right next door to the Pam Iorio parking garage. You got all the stuff going on on Water Street, which is taking away a lot of parking, and yet there's still other – you know, the channel side parking garage. You can get in and out of this place with a crowd of 20,000 and not that much space around the arena, pretty densely urban core type thing, and you still get it. It's no problem. So I live in South Tampa. 
right near the Selman Expressway. Lucky for me, I hop on the Selman. I could be at this place in like six minutes. And even with the crowd, I mean, we, we left the house at like 6.40, I think, for a 7 o'clock game. And I know they dropped the puck at like 7.10. And ended up getting to our seat like literally the moment they dropped the puck for the opening faceoff. So we didn't miss any of the three goals. And, hey, if you ran a little late last night, I mean, it was 3 nothing last night before you could get the popcorn bag open, okay? Like, it was quick. And I even tweeted, you know, there was a million tweets probably of this variation, but I tweeted – not bleeping around the night. You knew, like, right away. You're like, okay, they they ain't messing around now. They're they're coming out. They they understand. And I wish you could somehow put that in a bottle and get it, you know, where you could put it on tap, basically, when you need that, hey, we need to play well right now. Because <laughs> the Lightning always seem to have it when they really, really, truly need it, but, like, only when they really, truly need it so far in this series. So, I, you know, they might have won game four, but they still really, truly need it in game five. We're going to need some of that more in game five. But, yeah, you got into this arena, crowd was into it, everybody was fired up, and then, like I said, before you even got a chance to get settled in, it was already 3 nothing, and from there, everything took care of itself. But the Lightning played well from top to bottom. We'll go over the more precise numbers and things like that on the other side of the break. So, like I said, if you want to email me, go ahead, bobbygameday at yahoo.com, on Twitter, at bobbygameday. We will be right back. Jason Berenger is driving the ship. I'm Bobby Fenton. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. Right side, Peters, a two-on-one maroon across the line, right circle, holds, cuts in front. Score! Maroon! 3 nothing Lightning! With 12 2 left in the first! <laughs> he, didn't, he hasn't seen your highlights from OHL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, just... Um, Pointer kind of drove in the net. He came in that area, used my hands in tight, and I guess I put it in. Welcome back here. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. Bobby Fenton with you with Jason Berenger making the whole thing go. And Lightning went 7-3 to last night over Toronto. 2-2 tie in the series now. Game 5 is set. Actually, Game 6 is also set. Although, let's check and make sure we have a game time on Game 6. I don't know if it's official yet. But Game 5 uh, is set for 7.30 on Tuesday night. That'll be in Toronto. And now we know we'll be back here at Amelie Arena on Thursday night for Game 6, one way or the other. We hope with the Lightning having a chance to close out the series. But that remains to be seen. Looking at last night, I mean, everybody played well. <clears throat> but it's if I told you, okay. One of the lightning lines is going to have all three players score. Which one would you have guessed? You know, you would probably not have guessed the Pat Maroon, Belmar Perry line. <laughs> that they, all three of those guys scored, and the lightning in the game. It wasn't always. I mean, one of them was like on the power play. It wasn't those, but those, all three of those guys scored. Not necessarily while they were playing as a line. I think only one of their three goals came when they were all three playing as a line. But it was that type of night, basically. So looking at the numbers for this game and who played really well, and again, you don't have to look very hard, but at 5-on-5 five five alone, Alex Kalorn, Pat Maroon, Braden Point, Victor Hedman, all above 75% expected goal share. Eric Chernak, and this is just 5-on-5. Five five. Hagel had a nice game. Sergachev, Colton McDonough, all above 50%. Bellamer actually was down low, along with Bogosian, Cal Foote, Oh, by the way, Cal Foot. did anybody else notice? I don't think it matters that much, but did anybody else notice there with the Lightning having the puck up 7-3 to 
with like five seconds left, and a shooting lane opened up for Cal Foot, and he cranked up. And he could have just skated in a circle one time, and then the clock would have run out. But he cranked up and took like just the biggest slap shot he could muster. Like he tried everything he had, he put into it, and just ripped an absolute smoker at the Leafs' backup goaltender, who was ready. I mean, it was during gameplay. It wasn't after the whistle. I'm not. It wasn't illegal, but just you know, it's kind of like stealing a base when you're up by 12 runs or something like that. Yeah, you know, I would. I know people say, oh, it doesn't matter. The game's going on. You play. If I was Toronto, I would, that would not have gone unnoticed, and I'm not convinced it did. In fact, there was some words exchanged. These are little things a 10-year-old picks up on because my son was there with me at the game, and he didn't pick up on the slap shot. He's still learning, like, uh, you know, codes and unwritten rules, but I told him, you know, hey, that kind of wasn't cool there to <laughs> take that slap shot. But I'm sure he knew what he was doing and did it on purpose, and he was like, why not? And I explained – so then the gear, you know, after the final whistle did blow, and then they're going off the ice, and they were, they wanted to fight even then. Like the referees weren't going to have it. I, you know, obviously at the end of the game there was a, a little bit of something going on there too, and normally they would have let that go. It was Hagel, and I forget who it was for Toronto, and they would have let that go normally. But the ref said, "No, we're not doing that right now." There's like a minute left where nobody's fighting, and they broke the whole thing up. And then after the game was officially over, they still wanted to go. And the referees, like, made a wall at center ice and made sure the Lightning went to their bench and into their tunnel and that Toronto went into theirs. But then as he was going off the ice, one of the Toronto players, uh, my son noticed it. I didn't see it. He goes, Dad, Dad, he just flipped off the Lightning. <laughs> and he, I guess he did. Like, one of the Toronto players, as he was ducking into the tunnel, like, flipped off the Lightning side over there. So, hey. Again, normal. I told him, I say, hey, buddy, I know it's normal hockey series stuff. Don't worry. It might seem like a big deal. I tr- trust me, it's not. But I did notice the cow foot slap shot there at the end. I wonder if there'll be anything with that. There's too much more important stuff going on on uh, Tuesday night. But still, it, it didn't go unnoticed. But the, those are the Lightning players that played well. Now, if you take all situations, because, again, like all these games so far, 5-on-5 five five has only been part of the story. There were a lot of power plays last night, and Lightning uh, had eight of them. They were one for eight on the power play. Toronto, only three for their part. There were four on fours, though, as well. There was a five on three for a little while. There was all kinds of stuff going on. So all situations last night give you a better idea of how everybody played. Look in here. Still Kalorn. Kalorn is still up there, above 85%. Hagel, Stamkos, Maroon Point. Basically, I'm count, let me count how many Lightning players have an expected goal share above the highest Toronto player, and nobody on Toronto was above 50%. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 Lightning players uh, of the skaters were way up there in that zone. Uh, not a great night from Sorelli. Like I said, Belomar was a little bit further down. Uh, Bogosian, Foot, Chernak, everybody else was above 50% for the Lightning. And as far as the deserve to win meter which we all love, uh, which tells you just basically based on how the game was played, the number of chances, high danger shots, all that stuff, you know, who wins that game most of the time if they run a thousand simulations. The Lightning, 72.5% last night to 27.5% for Toronto. So uh, clearly you didn't need me to tell you, you don't need advanced stats to tell you that that was a dominant effort by the Lightning. But it was, and it's been the case all series. There has not been really a game, actually I don't think there has been a game of the four where on the deserved to win a meter at least, that the winning team was below 60%. And I know in game one Toronto was like uh, almost 90%. I mean it's just been a game where one team has handled the other. I feel, and this is just me saying this, I feel like a close game is coming and is probably not far off, but 
you know, and if you look at the whole playoffs, I mean, the entire hockey playoffs so far, and this is, I think, just randomness, and maybe there are reasons, maybe some people have their theories, but what have there been now? 28 playoff games. We'll just do numbers corner right now since we're here doing numbers anyway. 28 playoff games, and I looked. There's only been nine one-goal games, and if you count them up, there's actually less, but I counted any game where it was a one-goal game with like two or three minutes left because there's been a few games, including one or two in this, one in this series, where it was a one-goal game and then the final score was three goals because of the two empty net goals that the uh, Maple Leafs got the other night when they were here for game three, and it was uh, three to two and the final score was five to two. I counted that as a one-goal game. So there have been nine of the 28 games that were one-goal games. There have only been two overtime games. And let's be honest, we haven't even talked about that yet. It may not happen. It doesn't have to happen every series. But you know that's – don't you? Like, that's coming, okay? And it's going to be – I mean, I love the NHL playoffs for so many reasons. And it's not any you know, one thing. There's a million reasons why it's just so great. It's the best playoffs in sports, all that stuff. But – Hockey, playoff hockey, overtime. That's some really, really good stuff. And you only get it once a year. And I'm not saying they should do this in the regular season. In fact, I don't think I'd want them to. But I'm not a big fan. You know, three-on-three is cool for a little while. I remember the first time. Actually, the Lightning hosted the first ever game that went to three-on-three overtime. It was here when they changed the rule. I remember that. And it was like, oh, my God, why don't they play the whole game three-on-three? This is awesome. But three-on-three overtime after a little while, it's kind of gimmicky. And I get it. They're trying to get out of here and have a winner. I hate shootouts. Don't even get me started on shootouts. Can't stand them. Uh, I had no problem with there being – and I don't like ties in other sports, but in hockey with a point system, I don't mind having ties in the regular season. But my point is, when you get to the playoffs, I love the idea, hey, we're going to take a full intermission. We're not changing any rules. We're just going to play until the game, until someone scores. But when they do score – not like soccer, oh, here's two 15-minute blocks. If you score, oh, no, we're still going to play. Maybe the other team can score and we can still be tied, yeah. No, no. We'll play as long as it takes. Lightning have done that five overtimes in the bubble. But the millisecond that puck is in the back of one of those two nets, everybody skates off the ice, we're getting out of here. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I love NHL playoff overtime. And we're not there yet, but I got a feeling that's coming. I just It's just a feeling, okay? And if you look... I mean, of all the sports, I think hockey is the most well-designed for overtime. You know, baseball, extra innings, okay, whatever. Football, it, 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 no matter how hard they try, it's just hard to do it the right way. It's just inherently, with a possession-based game like football, it's hard to be fair with how physical it is and how possession-based it is because you can play forever, but you can't play forever in football. Basketball, five-minute OTs are cool, whatever. But hockey... Every time the puck just goes anywhere near anything, whether it's your end or the other end, you freak out. And let's be honest, in life, you know, a lot of everybody's, you know, you, when you're young, you just go to school, you get your buddies, you hang out, you do crazy stuff in your 20s, then you get married, you have kids, life gets pretty regular. Don't you crave that feeling, all right? Because I'm starting to, I need a bump, okay? It, I mean, if you told me the Lightning could win 5 to nothing again, I'd obviously take that. I need a little bump, though. I'm, I'm, up, I'm rooting for an overtime game tomorrow night just for that hit. You know, it's been, <laughs> when's the last time? I mean, it's been – and the Lightning were oh, – that, that, historically, they've been really good in overtime. But 
in franchise history. The last year, though, they won the Stanley Cup going 0-4 in overtime. They lost an overtime game in each of the four series. And they've always been money. But either way, it's not even about that. I just I want that, I want that you know, I like, like it's a dopamine thing. The endorphins, baby. I'm needing it. So we'll see if we get to that point. But anyway, hasn't been anywhere near that yet in this series, and even in most series around the NHL. There's only been two of them in the 28 playoff games so far. So four more tonight, and we'll see how those go. Now, looking at the other numbers, let's go to the whole thing here. First of all, the Lightning now moved their all-time playoff record to 107 and 80. They've played 187 playoff games tomorrow night will be the 188th. Series tied 2-2, like I said, game five winner, all-time over 75% to win the series. So it you know, feels pretty big. Lightning now 15-0 after a loss the last three playoff seasons, not counting the play-in game in the bubble, not counting the loss to Columbus in 2019 and then the win to start the 2020. No, I'm not counting that either. 50-0 in true playoff games after true playoff series or, or game losses. And, again, we keep leaning on that number. Let's not have to worry about that number for a little Let's win again in game five. Uh, okay, the big numbers, like we said. Scoring first still is by far, of all the things you want to look at, the number one indicator. Scoring first in the 28 games now. Teams are 24-4 and four in these playoffs. And the Lightning Maple Leaf series specifically, they're 4-0, of course. And there hasn't even been a lead change. I don't even think, has anybody even tied? No, like once the first team has scored, they've scored the second goal as well. I don't think there's even been a tie game in this series, if I remember correctly. So that illustrates the importance of fast starts in this series. And certainly the Lightning had one last night. Face-off wins. 20-8 if you win the face-off battle, which is actually more indicative than I would have guessed. Although last night, Toronto won 60% of the face-offs. Didn't matter much. And, they, of course, when a game's 3 nothing, eight minutes into the game, a lot of stats kind of go out the window. Hits, got to be tough, right? Physical, Eddie Shore, blah, blah, blah. 9-19 and if you win the hits battle so far in the playoffs. So it really doesn't matter that much at all. In fact, the more the uh, one team has... Like, there's a couple of those games that one team has out-hit the other by two or three. But when it gets to a bigger number, like when you out-hit the other team by more than, like, five or six shots, the likelihood of you losing increases in this year's playoffs just going by the numbers. So there's your numbers corner, and the Lightning will uh, try to add on to these totals tomorrow with the game in Toronto. But we will take a short break here, come back on the other side. If you want to email me, bobbygameday at yahoo.com is the email address. On Twitter, you can get me at bobbygameday. Quick one here, come right back, and we will go over a few more things as we get set for the game tomorrow evening in Toronto, Game 5. It's all going to be right here. We'll go over the schedule and everything else, too. Right here, this is Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. Foot got tied up, but got it away from Blackwell initially. McKay have had it. He'll lose foot. Hagel for Colton across the line. High slot. Shoot! Score! Colton! 4 nothing Lightning! 
With 16.43 left in the second, in and out of Campbell's glove and into the net. He just kind of held the line there. Good thing he did because I think they were going on an on-man rush if he didn't do that. So he had a big hit, kind of kept the puck in the zone, and then Hagel kind of with eyes in the back of his head. You know, I was calling for it and made an unbelievable pass, kind of just bring me there to get over the line and kind of just try to get a shot on net. And luckily it went in. So, yeah, Cal started that for sure. Welcome back. Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. Bobby Fenton with you here at Amelie Arena as we are on a quiet setting. But it wasn't quiet last night. It's the morning after a big playoff win. The Lightning with a 7-3 win. And in a game that saw 11 power play opportunities in one form or another, the Lightning. You know, penalties have played such a big role in this series. They actually really didn't last night because the Lightning scored so quickly. And we're out in front. But... I don't want to be complaining about the officiating guy, but I at least can – when you win, you want to do it then a little bit too so it doesn't seem like you're just mad when it doesn't go your way. Lightning win a 7-3 to game and have eight power plays compared to Toronto's three. And I still thought that was a really bad call on – well, there was a couple. But the the tripping one, I think Dave and, uh, and Phil, they were really unhappy. Although the one, it was the one with Nick Paul where the Lightning had like a breakaway – it was a two-on-one, and Nick Paul is down the left side. I think it was with point, if I remember. It might have been Sorelli. And <laughs> Sorelli, like, slides a pass over to Paul, like, with a backhand. Paul tries to shoot it in, just gets his legs cut out from under him, goes flying into the boards in the corner. First, I'm worried he's hurt. Then I'm like, okay, here we go. Cool. Power play. And then I see they're sending both, and they did call the, the Toronto player, but they called Nick Paul for I was like, what, are you kidding? Like, that was so bad that even though the score was 3 to nothing at the time, and even though the Lightning ended up winning the game 7-3, to three, I still made note to myself to mention that on the show today because I couldn't believe it. And even the, there was another tripping behind the net where one of the Toronto players, like, skated by a Lightning player and they clipped feet, and the Lightning player wasn't even moving when it happened. I think it was Chernak, if I remember correctly. And they, oh, yep, tripping. I mean, I mean like, come on. Come on. So this is a game where, again, the Lightning had eight power plays to Toronto's three, and the Lightning won by four. So it's not sour grapes. It's not wah, 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 wah. I want to be very clear. I want to mention those things today because it's easy to say those things when you lose, but they have a little more. They carry a little more weight when you want it. You still want to go out of the way to say it. And I know there was a lot of people that were upset back and forth. Loved hearing Dave and Phil on the radio last night on the clips after the game. I didn't hear the radio call live because I was at the game. But it, it was <laughs> just just a couple of things I noticed there. I also liked on the high stick. They did, they got one thing right when uh, Nick Paul got high sticked in the face and they were going to do two minutes and Nick Paul's like skating around like I don't think he was like gushing blood but there was some blood and he's following the ref like with his hand out like dude look there's some blood here I swear this is blood you know it's not like he had a ketchup packet or something and then finally the referee it was TJ Luxmore was like okay let me look and then he's like okay what, hang on we were going to call two now we'll call a four minute double minor and they did that of course they negated that a little while later when they called the lightning for a penalty but it, all these things didn't matter in the outcome of the game they were just things I wanted to mention and speaking of the penalties I uh, got an email here saying, Bobby, in regards to what you were saying about there being a lack of close games, maybe it is all the penalties. If the other series have been similar in that regard, there's more opportunities for scoring and more opportunities for things to widen up. 
that email's from Bonnie in Tampa. And you know what? I don't. I, I don't have to look. I mean, I could go check these things specifically, but yeah. I mean, I think in general, it's doesn't it feel different? I mean, I'm not complaining. Now, this is a good thing, but these playoff games feel different than even. I mean, we all know they're different than the way playoff games were in the late '90s, early 2000s. But even in as far back or as close back as a few years ago, it felt like playoff games, like playoff games 10 years ago didn't have this many penalties, didn't have this many goals. I, th- I, I This is me saying this. Sometimes you check the numbers and you're proven wrong. I will do that before the next show, though. But I got to believe goals per game, all that stuff is up in playoff games compared to even a f- five, 10 years ago, not just 20 years ago. We know it's up compared to 20 years ago. But yeah, these games are different. It used to be no matter what, no matter what type of style team you were, no matter this, no matter that, when it came time to the playoffs, you better ready, get ready to grind it out. You're going to have to win a 3-2 game, a 2-1 game. I don't care how much you outplay the other guy. It's going to be a one or two goal game. Even if you dominate the effort, just it's going to be tight. Like It's just going to be tight. And like I said, now it's loosey-goosey. I mean, you got teams scoring, and it's not just the Lightning. Let me look at all the playoff games. I mean, I'm not going to go game by game, but just looking at the playoff games day by day here. Uh, yesterday... The winning team scored seven five five and four. On Saturday, the winning team scored seven seven six and four. And this is the last three days. On Friday, the winning team scored five four five and eight. Has anybody won a playoff game scoring less than five goals? On Thursday last week, the winning team scored five five two and two. So the West Coast games were a couple of close ones. I mean, your team's winning these games now. You're scoring five six goals, seven go eight. I mean, eight goals in a playoff game. The Lightning team record for goals is nine. They've scored eight three times. Yesterday was seven. But even the three times they've scored eight have all come in the past three years. Like, they're, it's different now. And I think I like I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I think I like it. Maybe a blend. I mean, I don't know if I like a playoff game feeling like, you know, a Tuesday night in November where teams are just doing whatever the hell they want. I, I feel like it should be a little bit different. It should be a brand of hockey. I'm not one of these old school guys that wants to see, you know, this boring, like I said, clutch and grab. I like that the referee, I mean, I want the referees to call the penalties if they see them. Although last night they called a couple that I don't think they saw. And I want there to be lots of scoring is always fun. But yeah, it should feel like. Like last night, I tweeted this during the game when it was, I think, 5 nothing. And I always think about this during games like that. There's going to come a point in game 5 or game 6 or both when the Lightning need a goal in just the worst way. Like, you know that feeling when you'd, like, give anything for the, your team to score a goal right now? Like, God, we need a goal so bad. Like, if we get this next goal, it'd be huge. And that is going to happen. I mean, that, that it, it just happens. It'll probably happen to Toronto, too. You know, back-and-forth type thing. We haven't had a situation like that yet in this series, but it's going to happen. And when it does, I'm going to think back to last night's game. Because whenever my team is scoring a million goals and it feels like, you know, they could just pop one in at will, I always think about, oh, my gosh, you know, tomorrow game five is going to be like 1-1 in the third. Or we're going to be down 2-1 with like 10 minutes left. You're going to be like, oh, my God, please get this goal. Come on, anything for this goal. Just tie it up, you know. And then you think back to the two games or two days before and they're just like, yeah, what do you want, a fifth one, a sixth one? Hang on. Let me get, goal. You know, like like nothing last night. Like it was just so easy. Uh, they chased Jack Campbell, the Toronto goalie, 
which I don't think means anything. But I think now with Toronto doing that, there's only two teams left, I believe, that have only used one goaltender in the entire playoffs, and the Lightning are obviously one of those. Vassy, for his part, by the way, and last night he didn't have to really do a you know he didn't play any pressure situation type goaltending because he was in a big lead the whole way, but he ranks. Yeah, he ranks 15th right now in expected goals above average. Just to explain, what for goaltenders, because they have stats for goaltenders too, that are like advanced stats. Yeah, if you look at the playoffs, same thing, like I tell you, expected goals. Based on the number of shots this guy saw, based on where the shots were taken from, high danger chances, all that stuff, how many goals would you expect a team to have scored against an average goaltender based on all that. So they can take all that into account and then compare that to how many goals you actually have given up. So if you have goal save above expected, a plus number, that is good. And if you have a goal save a minus number, that is bad. So in these playoffs, Andre Vasilevsky, I'm trying to find him here. Yeah, he's 15th. He's right at the even. Basically, he's supposed to have given up, according to the numbers, you know, 0.34 goal, like three, less than a third of a goal more than he's given up. So almost exactly on the number. So he's been pretty much average in this series. And again, that ranks him kind of low. But I'm looking at some other ones. The best one, believe it or not, is Mike Smith, who has played in four games for Edmonton, allowed nine goals. But his expected goals against in those four games is actually really high, 14 goals. So he's been getting peppered like a beer league goalie for Edmonton. And the nine goals against in of itself, you just took goals against, he's given up more than all but like a couple of guys. But if you break it down to goals above expected, he actually ranks pretty well. Shostakhin's been pretty good for New York as well. Samsonov, both of these guys in this series have actually not been awesome. Vasilevsky and Jack Campbell actually right next to each other, uh, pretty much, again, average. Jack Campbell has given up 12 goals, and his expected goals against is 11, so he's a minus one. And then if you break it down by minute, goals saved above expected per 60, which I guess takes into account how much playing time you've had. Well, Eric Colgren last night for Toronto ranks number one because he didn't give up anything uh, in his time playing. But other than that, yeah, still pretty far down the list for Vasilevsky. If they can get more from him, and I'm not calling him out specifically because it's a whole defensive thing, but still, Vasilevsky hasn't really done Vasilevsky things in this series yet. Like, if they have a game, I mean, I guess we're right about there now. I mean, they, they need it in the next two games. But a game where Vasilevsky just says, yeah, the other team's not winning tonight. Because that's been something, I mean, as good as the Lightning have been top to bottom in these two years of winning two Stanley Cups in a row, when you can pencil in one game a series where it doesn't even matter how the rest of the team plays because your goaltender says, yeah, their other team isn't going to win tonight, it's okay. You know, like that, that happens. That has happened with Vasilevsky. You need a game like that where it's just like, okay, the, you know what, we can break down all this analysis and all these expected this, expected that, goal share, blah, blah, blah. Vasilevsky said the other team wasn't going to win tonight, so they didn't win. Need one of those. And we haven't really had that yet. And that, going into the series, if you broke down the two teams on paper and looked at them, you know, the forwards, the defensemen, the, you know, and Campbell, I mean, if you take out last night, he's been pretty decent. I know the Lightning peppered him the other game too. But, I mean, he's not bad yet. That's a glaring on paper where, hey, the Lightning have a big advantage right there. But they've been pretty much the same in that they've both been pretty average. 
So if we can have our world-class guy not be average for a couple games here, that could maybe be the tilt in this series that is missing. Email me if you want to, bobbygameday at yahoo.com on the email. If you want to get me on Twitter, at bobbygameday. And looking ahead to tonight's schedule, last night, or not just last night, but yesterday, in the four games yesterday, it was kind of a weird phenomenon. I don't know about weird phenomenon, but the home teams in all four games, the Lightning over the Maple Leafs, the Bruins over Carolina, the Blues over the Wild, and the Kings over the Oilers, the home, which are the lower-seeded teams in these four games because this is game four for all of them, all four home teams won to even all four series at two. So you got 2-2 two, two on both ends with the uh, East and West in all four of those series. Then tonight's games going into those, same thing exists in a couple of the games, but it's the road team that would need to win. Rangers looking to even it up against the Penguins at 2-2. Two, two. The Panthers, tell you what, it's a big game tonight in that panthers Capitals series, okay? I mean, it's not a big deal to be the President's Cup winner and get down 2-1 in your series, but with all the hullabaloo, and we Lightning know it well, okay? All the hullabaloo about all oh, the President's Cup. and I remember before that whole series with Columbus, and people were all talking about not just the uh, Lightning's incredible season in 2019, but they were talking about all the number. Oh, you know, the President's Cup. I mean, it's the winner of that is really, really bad in the playoffs for some reason, and all this historical precedent. And I said, you know what? Everybody stop. Like, everybody relax. It doesn't mean it's not – not just saying you're going to win because you're the President's Cup winner, but it's not a bad thing to be the President's Cup winner, okay? It's not a bad thing to be the best team in the regular season. It makes no difference either way once you get into the playoffs. Well, we saw what happened to the Lightning that year. And not just the President's Cup, but even just the number one overall seed. Does anybody – I'll do a tri- quick trivia question here on the show. Does anyone know, in the Eastern Conference now we're talking about, the last time the number one seed – made the Stanley Cup final, like won the Eastern Conference. I'll give you a couple seconds. Does anybody want to try and guess? I mean, I know we can't hear you, but I'll just let you do it. The last number one seed to actually advance to the Stanley Cup final in the Eastern Conference was your 2004 Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, who were number one in the East, didn't win the President's Trophy because Detroit in the West was a little bit better, but the Lightning were the one seed, and they went on to win the Stanley Cup, of course, in that seven-game series, uh, beating Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Final to get there. And no other, I mean, what was that, 18 years ago? I know there wasn't a season after 2004, so what has it been, 17, you know, (laughs) 17 number ones in a row out of an eight-team field. So even if you're just doing it randomly, forgetting about who's number one or not, every seed would have won a couple. But the number one, of course, when you take that into account, would have won several Number one seeds have not won anything. Panthers are down 2-1 to the Capitals tonight as they go into game four. That'll be in the nation's capital. Panthers are a big favorite there, minus 175 if you're looking to uh, get down a little bit. And uh, then, like I said, same thing with the Flames. They are number one, and they are down 2-1 to the Stars right now in that series with game four in Dallas. If the Stars can pull that one off, they take a 3-1 lead. The The only series without any drama whatsoever right now is the Avalanche and the Predators, which happens to be one of the two overtime games was Avalanche-Predators, and the Avalanche won it. But the other two games, the Avalanche won, I think, I have to check the math, but I think a combined score of 164 nothing was the two games besides the overtime game, as the Avalanche have just completely dominated Nashville in that series. But everything else, and this is the NHL playoffs, this is why we love it, take that little number by each team's name, 
and just erase it. It, me- it means less than zero at this point. All of it means less than zero. And I'll go ahead and go, go into my randomness theory while we're here. And listen, it's my job. We, what do we do? We come in here every morning after a game, and we try to make sense of everything. And there's media, there's writers, there's radio talk shows, there's TV broadcasters, everybody. And people get paid big money, big money, to get in front of those cameras or behind those typewriters. Maybe the typewriter guys don't get paid big money. But, but, you know, get in front of those cameras and make sense of it. And you know what? And this is true not just for sports, but for life, too. It's really a lot more random than we want to admit. And I know a lot of people, and I'm not trying to get philosophical on you on the show this morning, but why not? A lot of people in life, they need to believe. They want to believe, but more specifically, they need to believe that there's a reason why things happen. You'll hear it all the time. Oh, well, it was meant to be. Oh, well, you know, what's meant to be will find a way, and things happen for a reason. This is part of the plan, blah, blah. Folks, it's, it's random. Columbus being the Lightning like that in 2019, and the Lightning coming back winning two straight Stanley Cups. Panthers down 2-1 now. All, all these things that happen every year, and of all the – they're all random, okay, to a degree. But we always want to believe, like, whatever happens, okay, well, the best team won. This is why. They did this. They didn't do that. If you played the playoffs 16 times in a row, just played it, oh, you can't do that in real life, obviously, but if you played that tournament 16 times, you might get 10 different winners. You know, there's a few teams that maybe couldn't win it. Might be more than that. Might be 12 or 13 winners. NCAA basketball tournament's the same way. Like, if you played the tournament 10 times, you might get 10 different winners, okay? You might get 50 different Final Four team combinations, you only get to do it once, and all that matters is what actually happens. I mean, we could talk all day. But things in life are, okay, I mean, they're random. So, like I said, we're here right now. It's Monday morning after a big game four win. Here's why the Lightning won. Here's what happened. Here's what they need to do. Toronto, here's what they did. Nobody knows. Those guys that are going to take the ice don't know either. It's very, very random, especially when you get to levels this high where everybody's pretty good, not just the whole NHL, but even that. But then the playoffs especially, I mean, how much of a difference is there really between most of these teams with a cup like Colorado, Nashville, okay. But besides that, you could shake this whole thing up in a big hopper and draw out any two teams you want and put them together, and they could play an all-out seven-game war, and either team could win. Or one team could sweep the other. Or one team could sweep the other, they could play again, and the other team would sweep the other. Random, okay? It's random. And it's fun. I'm not complaining about it. But I would encourage everybody to just take everything with a grain of salt and understand that. But in a way, it's, it's more frustrating that way. And I think that in life is why people – I think people cope with the chaos of the world or, in this case, the chaos of sports by telling themselves there's a reason. Oh, well, they scored that goal because they outworked the other team. They did this because – and a lot of times – I mean, that may be true sometimes, but a lot of times that just <laughs> – it unfolded a certain way. And it could unfold any number of ways. And I think people really struggle with that. I, I really do believe that. And again, I'm talking about life now. I'm not just talking about sports. And so they feel the need to tell themselves, well, this happened for a reason. The parties involved all had control over this. And, and the way they exercised their control over it is what led to this specific outcome. And yeah, no, a lot of times not really at all. <laughs> okay. And so just sit back tomorrow night. Let's enjoy it. 
Uh, just to get you the schedule, again, we got um, a 7.30 game back to normal because last night being the 7 o'clock game, everything was bumped up a half an hour. But to get you the schedule for the game coming up on Tuesday night, as always, well, first of all, it's a weekday. So today you're going to have at noon lightning lunch, lightning power lunch, excuse me, and that's with Greg Linelli and Dave Mishkin. So you can tune into that right here on Lightning Power Play coming up at noon. As far as a game day, which is tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. is the pregame skate. And uh, then at 7 p.m., the pregame report with Greg Linelli. 7.30, puck drop with Dave and Phil, just like always. Greg Linelli is back with you during the intermissions and for the postgame. Then 30 minutes after the game, the last call presented by Jack Daniels with Jay Retcher and Brian Engblom. And for home games, that is done here at the arena um, and the Cigar City Tap Room, the pregame skate show is all that stuff, but uh, with the road game tomorrow night, it won't be. So that's your schedule, and it's all here on Lightning Power Play, and then we'll figure out what's going on on Wednesday morning when we come back in here. At that point, we'll be talking about a 3-2 series, obviously, and just don't know who that'll be leading yet. We hope it's the Lightning, but either way, caution. Like, like Obviously, it's a very urgent time. It's fun. Don't get wrapped up into, you know, must-win it, it might feel close to that, and numbers-wise, I guess it's three out of four teams that win game five in a 2-2 series go on to win. So, yeah, but one and four is not nothing. It would obviously behoove the Lightning very much to win this game, but either way, relax, enjoy it. No, though, if you want to get nervous, get nervous during the first ten minutes because the first team to score thing is the biggest thing that, you know, it doesn't obviously rocket science, but... 24 and 4 and 4 and 0 in this series and no lead changes yet not even every team that scored the first goal I believe has scored the second goal okay so that's urgency right there and if the Lightning and the Leafs both know that and they I'm sure they do you shouldn't see either team come out and get dominated by the other like we've seen the first few minutes of all four of these games I think we're due for one where it's not like that I think we're due for a tight one not just a tight one as far as how close it is but a tight one in how it's played I, I don't if there's a game where I'd bet the under and maybe I'm crazy, but if there's a game where I'd bet the under, whatever it is, it's tomorrow night's game. I just feel like that's the way this one's going to go. I don't feel like you can sustain this 7-3, to 6-4, to 6-3 to three stuff. you got to have one in there. It's a, t- a real tightly played close one, 3-2, to 2-1. Two, two to one. That's what I'm feeling tomorrow. Either way, we'll be here no matter what happens on Wednesday morning. I want to thank Jason Berenger. For making the ship go, he is the guy that makes it all happen. Steve Versnick, the producer of Lightning Power Play. This has been Lightning Playoff Rewind. We will see you again uh, about 47 hours from now at 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning on the heels of whatever happens tomorrow night in Game 5. Thank you for listening. I appreciate everybody, and wherever you are, good morning, good afternoon, good night, and go Bolts.